I'm Zach Goodwin with G2 Farms in Alvarez, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, it's time to start looking back on 2022. Well, there's not much good to look back on when it comes to agriculture this year, and the question is still being debated. Was this worse than 2011? We'll check in with one farmer to get his take on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Drought, excessive heat, high winds. Those are not good weather conditions for cotton. But a rough season like we've just had in the Texas High Plains can help researchers learn more about how to make cotton varieties better suited for our region. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Cotton's first quad stack herbicide trade package seeks regulatory approval from the Environmental Protection Agency. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more in my report on Texas Ag Today. The first week of November has brought some welcome rains to the coastal bend area of South Texas. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. It's getting about that time of year when everyone starts reflecting back on the year we just went through. And when it comes to agriculture, 2022 will be one that no one forgets. I thought 2011 was a tough year, and it really was. It was very, very dry, and the wind blew, and we just didn't have any rain, and we were certainly in a drought. But I have never in my lifetime experienced anything like what we've gone through this year. This has been the most bizarre year I've ever experienced in the farming industry. That's Ockletree County farmer Roger Davis, who says we'll feel the effects of this 2022 drought for a long time. We are so incredibly dry. There's just no moisture whatsoever. And you dig down, try to go even on ground that you have wheat stubble, that you keep and try to develop profiles of moisture, you can't get a penetrometer to even penetrate the ground hardly. It's just that dry. So it's just It's tough. And it wasn't just the drought that caused problems this year. Davis says a massive hailstorm back in June damaged crops all over his county. A freight rail strike is threatened again after two unions rejected an 11th hour deal brokered by the White House back in September. A strike like that could cripple agriculture and the nation's economy. 
It's a strike over paid sick leave and could shut down freight rail for 40% of the nation's long-haul goods, including food and other commodities and maybe even Christmas gifts. USDA's chief economist, Seth Meyer. If I'm an ethanol producer in the Midwest, I can get all the grain I want. But I only have a limited day's uh, space to move out the ethanol. So I need the train cars in order to move the ethanol out. Or even when it comes to a meat packing facility, I can get the animals in, I can get the carcasses out, but all the rendered product that backs up my system is a couple, only a couple days. Or if I'm baking bread, I've got to have flour delivered. That's only a couple days. A strike could happen as soon as November 19th or as late as December 4th, unless all 12 rail unions approve their contracts or Congress forces a deal, which is something the White House opposes. The Texas Tribune is sponsoring a multi-day complimentary event exploring the future of rural Texas. They'll be discussing what's next for education, broadband connection, health care, the rural economy, and more. It's coming up on November 17th through the 18th and will be held on the Texas Tech University campus in Lubbock, and it will stream live online. If you'd like to watch, you can get more information at texastribune.org slash events. Drought, heat, and high winds have all been tough on cotton this year. But James Hunt tells us one good thing to come out of this year may be in variety testing. We know that a variety of weather factors severely impacted cotton production in the Texas High Plains this season. But ironically, those same conditions have provided opportunities for researchers like Texas A&M AgriLife agronomist Jordan Bell. This is a great year to see the differences between varieties. Our varieties really start to partition out in these extreme years. One example of what Dr. Bell and her colleagues are looking for when it comes to the differences between cotton varieties is storm tolerance. She got a chance to examine that particular aspect during the harvest of some variety trial cotton following a rainy spell in late October. In the trial that we were harvesting, we had 12 varieties that were representative from several different companies. And so we are able to see under the same management and the same environmental conditions, which varieties are tighter in the burr, which ones are very loose. And of course, ideally, producers are looking for something that's pretty much middle of the road. They want something that's easy to strip, but not something that's so loose that it's falling out and they're losing lint on the ground. And in our environment, because we have windy conditions coupled with some naturally occurring fall precipitation patterns, it's pretty easy to get cotton that strings out. And so we want to look for those type things in our trials. And so that is information that we do include with the yield data in our variety trial reports. And those very educational variety trial reports are expected to be available to Texas High Plains farmers in January. We'll be checking back with Dr. Bell to let you know as soon as those reports are released. And you'll probably have an opportunity to hear more about the findings in producer meetings over the winter. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. New quad-stacked cotton varieties are on the horizon. Tom Nicoletti has more. My guest today from Raleigh, North Carolina is Luke Mankin. He is North American Marketing Manager for BASF Agricultural Solutions. And Luke is here today to talk about Accent Flex Herbicide Trade Technology for cotton that will be available for the 2023 growing season pending regulatory approvals. And Luke, what are the traits of Accent Flex Herbicide for cotton that will benefit uh, Texas cotton growers? 
So ActivePlex is the first quad stack herbicide tolerance in cotton. It includes the new tolerance to Elite 27, new mode of action for weed control posts in cotton. It also includes tolerance to Ingenia, Liberty, and glyphosate. With that package of four tolerances, you get the most flexibility from pre to post to hit those difficult to control weeds. And this would be in regards to Fibermax and Stoneville cotton seed that would be powered by new Accent Flex uh, technology. The trait package to be paired with the herbicide uh, Elite 27, Ingenia, Liberty, and Glyphosate. Four different sub-traits within the Flex. Accent Flex lets you get in there early with the Elite 27, get some residual control to bridge you in to leave you with flexible options. Now that Elite 27 and herbicide primarily for soybeans? Yes, currently it is approved for soybeans, but we're working through the EPA regulatory process to add cotton to the label that is still pending regulatory review. And we're working as hard as we can to get that through and out to the Texas growers. That is Luke Mankin. He is with BASF Agricultural Solutions. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. November has brought some welcome rains to the Texas coastal bend. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. Well, November started out on a wet note here. Following months of dry weather for September and October, dropped below average in precipitation again this year. That was disappointing to our producers. But at the end of October, the coastal bend, according to the National Weather Service, was in persistent and developing drought conditions again, and Corpus Christi closed the month of October at 6.9 inches below normal. But here at my operation on the 1st of November, we received 3.4 inches overnight, and it continued to rain throughout the day. Of course, that erased more than half of the annual deficit that had accumulated during the previous 10 months. So things are looking a lot better in the rainfall department with uh, recharging of soil moisture. That'll help our winter pastures and certainly improve the prospects for the spring row crops. Now, other notable activities that have taken place since our last report included the annual Ag Awareness Field Days for third graders here in New Aces County. Approximately a thousand students came through along with their teachers and parent sponsors during that three-day event that was held at the regional fairgrounds in Robstown. Also, the Corpus Christi Cotton Classing Office indicates that the cotton season here in southeast Texas is slowly drawing to a close. There's only 24 of the 49 gins in the territory that submitted uh, bale samples during the final week of October. They classified around 40,000 additional bales, and that brought the annual total up to 1.14 million bales classified in Corpus Christi thus far during the season. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. Be on the lookout as you're driving this week. A new study says that deer vehicle collisions increase this time of year. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And the type of footing in an equine arena can affect a horse's longevity. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Support comes from the Texas Tribune, a nonprofit news organization hosting a multi-day complimentary event exploring the future of rural Texas, discussing what's next for education, broadband connection, health care, the rural economy, and more, November 17th through the 18th in Lubbock, on Texas Tech University's campus and streaming live online. More at texastribune.org slash events. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. The type of footing in an equine arena can affect a horse's longevity. Dr. Bob Judd tells how. The interaction of footing and mechanics of the shoe can either add to or relieve stress on the horse's lower leg. Dr. Duncan Peters indicates that a surface that is sticky or grabs the foot as it strikes the ground tends to sharply load the soft tissues and potentiates a possibility of injury. On the other hand, a surface that is too loose will not support the foot and leg structures during propulsion and can lead to abnormal forces that can cause injury. A good surface should allow the tissues to load evenly and provide firm support at the maximal loading time, which is the peak stance phase of the stride. Also, the surface should not give away dramatically as the horse pushes off at breakover, and the surface should not be too deep that leads to muscle fatigue. Dr. Peters believes a mix of sand and clay with a small amount of fiber is good in most situations. He also indicates that he does not believe the new synthetic surfaces with polymers are best for helping horses learn how to adapt to the different surfaces they will encounter at different arenas. Because of this, he recommends training your horses at home on a variety of surfaces to condition the different tissues used, like muscles and ligaments, with different surfaces. Horses should be trained on hard, soft, heavy, and light surfaces at home so they can adapt regardless of the surface in the arena in which they will be performing. Hauling and showing is stressful for the horse due to a change in environment, and this stress can lead to tissue fatigue and injury. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A new study says deer vehicle collisions increase at this time of year. Jessica Domel takes a look at the study in today's Wildlife Report. Be on the lookout for deer as you are driving this week. A new study published in Current Biology, which is a peer-reviewed scientific journal, reveals that deer vehicle collisions increased by 16% in the week following the switch from daylight saving time to standard time. The time change alters peak traffic time, so more people are on the road after sunset, and 76% of deer vehicle collisions occur during that time period. In fact, deer vehicle collisions are 14 times more frequent two hours after sunset than before sunset. So with more people on the road at night and deer in rut, which means they're moving more, the likelihood of deer vehicle crashes rises. So what can we do? Well, the paper suggests that moving to permanent daylight saving time would prevent more than 36,000 deer deaths, 33 human deaths, and more than 2,000 human injuries. It would also save more than $1.1 billion in collision costs annually. The report says that by simply moving the time so that peak traffic does not occur after dark during rut would cause deer vehicle collisions to fall. According to the paper, moving the standard time permanently would increase deer vehicle crashes by more than 73,000. They say it would cause an additional 4,100 human injuries and 66 human deaths. 
The study was published in the November 21st edition of Current Biology. The paper was written by staff in the School of Environmental and Forest Sciences in the College of the Environment at the University of Washington in Seattle, Washington. If you plan on driving after sunset this time of year, be sure to slow down and be alert. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The livestock markets kicked off the week heading higher on Monday's trade, but corn closed lower. We'll take a closer look at all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a positive trade in the cattle complex to kick off the week on Monday, both live and feeder cattle finishing higher, led higher by the nearby December live cattle contract. It was up a buck forty to close Monday's trade at one fifty three oh five, February up sixty five cents, one fifty five oh two, while April live cattle were up fifty five at one fifty eight fifty five. Feeder cattle finishing higher with November feeders up forty cents, one seventy eight twenty two, January up thirty cents at one seventy nine ninety two, while March feeders were up sixty two cents, one eighty two twenty five. Cash-fed cattle market all quiet on a Monday, as we usually see. We wrapped up last week selling cattle here in the south at 150. That's steady with the previous week. Boxed beef prices higher Monday. Choice up 59 cents, 264.34. Select up $1.94 at 233.84. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Phil Brockenbush is on the line. He sells cattle in Giddings every Monday. Phil, how did Monday sale go? It went good, Larry. We wound up with thirteen sixty-seven on a kind of a steady to a little bit higher cow and bull market, and the calf market was higher too. So pretty good. Walk the pins with us, please. All right, your steers three hundred and back, average around one sixty-two, brought up to two hundred two and a half. Three to four weight steers one seventy to two dollars. Four to five weights one sixty to two dollars. Five to six weights one forty-nine to one seventy. Six to seven weights one forty to one fifty-seven. Seven to eight weights one twenty-four to one fifty-four. Your heifer mates three hundred and back, average around. 141 brought up to 180. Three to four weights, 149 to 177 and a half. Four to five weights, 141 to 171. Five to six weights, 139 to 171. Six to seven weights, 136 to 170. Seven to eight weights, 123 to 142 and a half. Your bull yearlings, seven to 850 pounds, a dollar to a dollar 54. 850 to a thousand pounds, 75 to 125. Uh, we didn't sell any pairs together. He bred cows. The best one brought 1150. Uh, the high yielding bull. 85 to 95, medium yielding bulls 70 to 84, high yielding cows 70 to 80, medium yielding cows 50 to 65, the little thin cows 10 to 40. So it was a good day. The market's a little little better. Good. 
good. So, what, are, what are you anticipating for this next Monday? Uh, we got a little stuff going. Uh, I got several guys. There's a guy, you know, going to have 30 or so calves, and, or they've been weaned. And then, I don't know, there's another guy that's got 40 or 50. So we got a little stuff going. Good. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for that next sale in Giddings, Phil. All right. You can call me at 979-716-4395 or call the barn at 979-542-2274. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs were sharply higher in Monday's trade. December hogs jumped 407 to close at 8705. February hogs up 262, 8905. Class 3 milk was higher. November milk up 2 cents, 2090 a hundred weight, while December milk was up 13 at 2048 a hundred. The cotton market traded both sides of unchanged. We ended up closing slightly higher in Monday's trade. Traders getting ready for Wednesday's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Report coming out from USDA. Also keeping an eye on Tropical Storm Nicole. It is expected to become a hurricane and may hit East Florida on Wednesday or Thursday of this week and bring some potential wind and rain to the Georgia and South Carolina cotton crops. As of now, those states about 50 to 60 percent harvested. We closed the December contract up 56 points, 87.49. March cotton up 16 at 85.83. December 23 cotton up 35 at 78.72. Corn market had a lower close Monday. December corn down five and a quarter, 6.75 and three quarters. March corn down five and a quarter, 6.81 and a half. Hard wheat closed higher while soft wheat was lower. December Kansas City wheat up four cents, nine fifty-two and a quarter. December Chicago wheat down to eight forty-five and three quarters. In the energy markets Monday, December natural gas up fifty cents at six ninety. December crude oil down sixty-three, ninety-one ninety-eight a barrel. The financial markets were higher Monday afternoon. The Dow up four hundred thirty-two points, thirty-two thousand eight thirty-five. The Nasdaq up 96 at 10,571. The S&P up 37, 3,808. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.